Thank you so much, Richard, for being with me today on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. You're my 33rd guest on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining with me today. I'm honored. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Um, thank you for bringing me into your space. Absolutely. When you think of relationship building in a team environment, what does relationship building mean to you, Richard? Well, at its core, you know, there's layers to relationships, right? Just like with anything in life, um, it's not a simple process all the time. So I think with people, um, you know, people are simple, but we make people more complex and harder to read. And and, and that's because we have, I think, what's considered to be, um, you know, our initial layer, like, hello, how are you doing? And then there's the, when you see me, next time we might, we might have this this hand signal or this gesture that we give each other. And then when you're deep in a relationship with someone and, you know, basically you've built the foundation off of authenticity, off of, you know, shared memories, you know, things like that. You've really put that time in. Now it's less, you know, it, it's a whole different. So I think there's 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 multiple layers to people, right? And so that that makes relationships sometimes very hard to uh, understand. But at its simplest form, you know, simple gestures, right? You can pretty much look around the room and tell who's who and who's known who for how long, just based off of little cues and social interactions like that. Definitely, and you know, going back to your you know high school career i mean i'm sure you had a lot of mentors or high school coach being with you know your fellow teammates and being an all-american player in high school i think you said four years uh is from what i uh, read about your bio and to be uh, recruited by clemson university uh and Dabo sweeney talk about that recruiting process and talk about you know your time in high school yeah um so high school you know was a place for me where you know i created basically my brand right that was the start of it and i think back on my journey you know what was it 10 years ago i'm 26 now it's not too long ago but sometimes it can feel like forever ago but the 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 part that feels like forever ago is the physical part right like physically being out there at practice physically putting in the work to become you know an all-american but the people, right? Again, going back to, you know, not just my coaches, but my family, right? My big older brother who came in, you know, when I was in the ninth grade and said, hey, you've got something here and we got to work it to get it to where, you know, people will want to buy, right? And and would would, would essentially want to recruit you. So peeling back to its, its, its simplest form, you know, that that's where it started. And so having the relationships that I had with coaches based off the work that you know, my brother and I put in together to kind of build up to that recruitment. Um, you know, Clemson University swooped right in and was one of the first schools my sophomore year before I even became known on the radar, um, you know, to take a chance and say, hey, we want to extend a verbal offer. Um, and that came, you know, through the form of me just practicing, um, you know, and going through the normal cadence. And, you know, from there, things started to kind of, you know, have a domino effect. Other schools started to jump in and offer um, and before you knew it, uh, I had completed my first real season where I could say that I'm worth being recruited. Um, and so I remember that like it was yesterday. It was my junior year. And um, from there, becoming, you know, first team all county for the first time, first team all state, um, you know, and some other, you know, accomplishments that I, I was able to garner. 
um, which I was very thankful for, led to notoriety, attention, and things like that, where people are kind of associating you, you know, as 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 an athlete, um, you know, that that's a blue chip, um, essentially. And so, you know, it was a very long, drawn out process. I tell people all the time, you know, I was very young at the time, making a very adult-like decision, um, you know, and so it was a battle, right, against what do you choose, right? Do you want to go to Clemson one day? Do you want to go here the next? So what was it? And so I had a, a very up and down process um, in regards to making a decision. It initially started with me committing to Notre Dame um, and then Clemson flipping me right before signing day when University of Texas, University of Florida and so many other schools were trying to kind of swoop in there uh, once I decided that I wanted to decommit from Notre Dame. Um, you know, like I said, prior to signing day. And so it, it was a it was a process, right? Things kind of, as I mentioned, got a little complicated, right? What sure. was once simple, Clemson offered you when you're a sophomore and nobody knew you, why don't you just commit then? I wasn't ready to. And then things started to erupt and it was a process to get to this point to where I committed there, you know? So very, very blessed and grateful that I signed there. So very, and how much was your brother involved in mentoring you throughout this whole process. It sounds like you both are very close. So he's my older brother by 11 and a half years. And, wow. you know, he had a completely different story and recruitment process and walk than I did. He went the preferred walk on route um, at an HBCU two hours and a half up the road from me, South Carolina State, um, you know, at a time where, you know, back in 2003, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of media coverage and things like that. That was just kind of starting to take off. Right. And so he didn't have all the offers and, you know, all those accolades and things that I had coming out of high school, but he wanted that for me. Right. And honestly, I was like, okay, well, what you want from me is what I want from me. And so he kind of wrote the vision and, you know, I had to go out there and execute the plan. Um, and so from, from day one, when he got his hands on me, when he moved back home to Fort Lauderdale and I was in the ninth grade, as I mentioned, he would take me to the gym personally every day, take me to the field personally every day, feed me, clothe me. Um, you know, I was in his, I was in his hip pocket, essentially. Um, you know, a lot of my demeanor, a lot of who I am, why I am the way I am to this day, you know, I credit him, um, you know, and even throughout college, you know, when you go uh, off by yourself, right, he was still there every day on the phone if I had an issue or if anything was going on. So, you know, really how I learned how to be who I am, like I said, it was, it was, it was through all the hard work and things that he put into me and invested. And, you know, you speak, you know, so fondly of him and I can tell just by our conversation so far, how much, you know, you both care about each other, look after each other. And he was a big brother to you. I mean, essentially in every sense of the word, uh, not only being a mentor to you, but taking care of you and making sure that you had every possible resource and every possible need uh, fulfilled to help you achieve your dream. And, you know, you're a two-time national champion at Clemson and, you know, you had a significant tragedy and you were able to overcome that tragedy. Talk to me about that and what that process was like, because you definitely showed a lot of resilience and you definitely showed a lot of uh, determination and heart to get back on the football field. Appreciate you asking about you know, all of that in, in one, but I'll kind of start from backward to forward. So <clears throat> you know, the process leading up to trying to 
you know, accomplish all of your dreams is very, it's very gut wrenching. It's very heart throbbing. Um, it's, it's emotional, right? And so when you have, as you mentioned, um, a tragic moment, um, you know, is it really a tragedy though, or is it a, or is it a triumph behind it? Right. So you kind of, you, before you approach adversity or opposition, you've already kind of got to be prepared mentally by your upbringing and just pretty much who you are at your core. You're not going to let that distort you, but I will say you can't run or do anything, um, you know, once you've broken your neck, right. You have to be still. And so, you know, during that process leading up to that, you know, I, I never thought that I would, I would be in that position, but you know, anyone susceptible to anything. And, you know, the car that I was in that day, um, you know, might've taken more of the beating than me because I only walked away with a broken neck um, after that incident where I got into a severe car wreck prior to my junior year. Now, did that derail me in some ways in my life? Yes, it did. And I was just thinking about it earlier. You know, it was a two-year process where I was away from football as far as playing it. So I just won a national championship. Everything is great in 2016. I'm thinking 2017, I'm going to graduate, boom. I'm going to go to the NFL, take care of my family. We're good. Didn't go like that. Prior to that season, boom, I'm in a car accident. As you mentioned, now I'm having to reshuffle all of the cards in my life and kind of reprioritize some things. And uh, the first thing I did was made sure I took care of my education. Like I said, I would. And graduated in two and a half, three years um, with my undergrad in 2017, despite overcoming that. And then the next thing was, well, I'm going to go pursue my master's. I'm going to control what I can control. So that means I need to start coaching. I need to kind of get involved, you know, in another aspect of the game. Right. And so, you know, for me, um, you know, with the double header between coaching and between school, um, you know, what kept me grounded in the middle was family, um, you know, and getting engaged in my fiance during the time and my son uh, coming into the world right after all of this. So we won a second national championship, as you mentioned, in 2018. And, um, you know, in the midst of all of that happening is I'm, you know, transitioning coaching and things like that. That's what I have going on. So, you know, it, like I said, people are, you know, it, it's, it, it's a lot that goes on in the, in the orbit space. Um, and, you know, just wanted to make sure I, I made that clear and shared all that with you. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I know that, it takes more than a conversation to really understand the, the full weight of what you have to carry and what you had to go through. And I read a lot about your background and I was just so impressed that you were able to take a tragedy. And I think I remember, you know, offline communicating with you uh, through LinkedIn, you know, that your uh, tragedy definitely turned into a triumph. And I'm glad that you used that word triumph because you're exactly right. You were able to take a negative and turn it into a positive and in every sense of the word. And you're an inspiration to so many people of what you had to go through and everyone believed in you. And I know that the most important person to believe in you is you and uh, your family stood by, beside you and behind you. Uh, Coach Sweeney, um, I think I even read that, you know, he felt like you had nothing more to prove, but I knew and I know just by talking to you, you're a competitor, and you definitely felt like you had a lot to prove. You got a master's degree, and you were able to transition into another program like Boston College, and they were, you know, looking for you, and you were able to hear from doctors that they said, you know, you can play football again. So talk to me about that exciting process. Man, honestly, the process itself was not exciting. 
Now, what you realize is the outcome of it was great, but the process didn't feel good. And so I got to be honest there that, you know, throughout the whole process of rehabbing and things like that, my level of self-confidence would fluctuate, right? Can I do it? Will I be able to do it? I'm listening to the medical report, but there's something else telling me that I can still play. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck in the middle. If that You're vacillating sense. back and forth. Right. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of like a seesaw. I'm kind of going back and forth in, well, I don't know. Right. I'm just going to keep getting up every day and doing the best that I can and showing up. Right. And so I guess with, you know, that attitude of consistency with showing up and trying to put yourself in the right mind space to kind of challenge yourself not to listen to that voice in your head that tells you no, but listen to the one that tells you to step out and jump and go, right? And so really the process of when I received the information back from the doctor after a routine checkup, um, you know, it caught me completely off guard um, in regards to well, that voice that I was kind of listening to that told me I could versus the reports at first, which didn't really showcase that, that must have been what it was. It, and I couldn't see that at the time, right? So it's kind of like um, a moment of of clarity, a moment of, of serendipity. Things just kind of take a unique shift, right? And so now it presents new opportunities and with new opportunities also come their challenges. So, And with those new challenges, I mean, what was it like playing for another, you know, college team and new coaching staff, new environment. You're going from, you know, South Carolina all the way up to Massachusetts uh, in a major city uh, like Boston. Um, what was that transition like? And uh, talk to me about just how you were feeling, you know, suiting up for the Boston College Eagles. Yeah, so for me, it was a, a little bit of a, see you later kind of minute um and, and, and it was it was it was that one minute in your life where you're like i'm turning the new leaf in my life over and i don't know what is ahead of me but i remembered and i'm gonna always hold on to everything that was with me and now i'm kind of putting behind me for just a minute so it's kind of like a see you later you know and so for me, um, you know, that's kind of something that I've adopted in my life is I, I never fully closed the door um, on relationships and on people. Um, and so when I made that transition, I understood that it was about business and it was not personal as it related to Clemson and as it related to me taking on an opportunity to now pursue not one master's, but my second master's sure. and have an opportunity to play football. And as you mentioned, having the opportunity to go to a bigger market. Right. right. And, and potentially sell myself. And so I looked at all these things and I assessed pretty much all of the data, all of the possible outcomes. And without being emotionally attached to any of it, I just said, I'm I'm going to I'm going to jump. Right. I'm going to go. And so I remember like it was yesterday, um, you know, it was about a 15 to 16 hour car ride. I'd pack my car up or my truck at the time. Um, and I got on that road and I, I never looked back. Right. I got on the road and I got there uh, to Boston and it was a different world. Things were moving fast and it was a big city, as you mentioned. Right. Going from South Carolina to, to that environment. And, you know, it came with its challenges. Right. I mean, you're, as you mentioned, in a new environment, having to meet people 
and all of those things and, you know, get situated, get adjusted, a new scheme, you know, all these different things. And, 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 and none of that bothered me, right? Was not bothered by any of that because all I could focus on was the opportunity at hand and realizing that, again, I don't know too many people that get second chances, especially not one in this capacity. So whatever comes with this, I love football and I love people. I love everything that I'm doing, where I'm doing it, just as if I were back in Clemson. So I never, it never dawned on me to, to get hung up on any of the things that, I mean, most people would probably be like, well, what were you thinking here? What were you thinking there? I just didn't. That's what I did. I turned my mind off and I just went, you know, and I, I, I soaked it up um, and it was a great opportunity. Well, I'm glad that, you know, you found it to be a wonderful opportunity and I'm sure, and, you know, to your point that it's nothing personal. It is a business, so to speak, you know, you wish that it wasn't that way because you, you take pride and you take a careful, closer look at all of your options. And, you know, I was, you know, reading your background and, you know, Boston College was the only team that came knocking on your door, but I'm sure you were very grateful and appreciative of the opportunity. And it became like a second home for you. I mean, Boston probably seemed like a, you know, a foreign place coming from South Carolina, but, you know, you were able to, you know, do great on the field and, you know, you were able to at least know that you put your heart and soul into it. I know that, you know, you've done a lot of, you know, charity work, you're person of strong faith uh, and character. Talk to me about your faith and how your faith uh, got you through those tough times. Absolutely. Um, so it's something that I, I hold on to near and dear, right? Faith is not something that you can see. It's, 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 it's not something that always, you know, you could feel. Sometimes it can feel like it disappeared and you could lose the faith. But, you know, for me, my faith is everything. Right. And, and, and it leads me through one, my marriage, it leads me through, you know, my work life, it leads me through pretty much anything that I touch, I try to apply my faith first, right. So less of me, more of him is what I always say before I go into a situation because me, I will talk my way out of believing, but if I submit and if I surrender and if I give those things over, to the higher power and allow him to approach the situation without my skewed point of view as being human and not just leaning on my understanding, but an even greater understanding and a deeper understanding that then brings me about my best results, right? Sure. Versus me saying, oh, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to try to fix it. I'm going to, I've learned that I can mess some things up if I don't have faith. And if I, if I get impatient, or if I lose patience while I'm waiting, right? And so it's, it's getting comfortable with waiting. And that's what faith is, is, is patience, is persistence, is waiting. It's all of those things without you being able to see the end result near, right? And so that's what makes it really, really tough. But that's also the challenge in having faith um, is, is being able to withstand those things. So, you know, I'm very, very thankful that I have a very strong faith. That's wonderful to hear. And I have a very strong faith as well. And uh, what you say definitely resonates uh, with me. And, you know, it's the building of a relationship uh, through the highest power, which is our, you know, Lord and Savior. And, you know, having, you know, God 
at the central part of our, you know, existence. And, you know, I've my wife and we just welcomed our firstborn child back in November. Uh, he's only a month old today. And, you know, we're a young family and, you know, thank God we have the support of family and close friends, you know, you know, asking advice, getting perspectives, you know, helping us through these, you know, new challenges that are also very exciting and rewarding and um, getting to experience that. So you saying that, you know, uh, you know, being married and you having a, a son as well, uh, definitely uh, share those uh, commonalities uh, with you. Uh, how much of the students today, you know, what they mean to you to mentor them and, you know, talk to me also about your motivational speaking and the types of messages that you like to impart to the people who listen to you speak and, uh, you know, share with me those conversations. Yeah, um, so I'm, I have the pleasure every day of, you know, being a servant leader and in the space that I'm in at higher ed, um, you know, with being a college professor um, at Clemson University and, you know, working with master level, undergraduate level students in our online program that I went through um, as a student here, uh, as, a, as a lecturer. Um, and so now, you know, with that, on top of the fact that I also assist families in recruiting by process with NCSA IMG, you know, I have the ability to impact young lives from the ages of 13 to 26 years old, you know, constantly throughout the day, um, you know, and I'm very, very um, grateful. I'm very, very thankful, um, you know, that I do have, you know, the ability to share my message, which is a lot of times people take time for granted, right? Especially when you're young. Um, and when you're in a position where, you know, you feel like you have forever in a day to get things done or you have forever in a day to become, you know, what it is that you want to become. And sometimes you take things for granted a lot. And so the basis of a lot of my message has to do with, you know, how are you investing your time? How are you giving back to people? How are you showing up? Right. Because those are two of the things that for me. All I've ever had was time to reinvest back in people that have, you know, essentially been currency for me. It hasn't been money, um, you know, that's actually showed up in my life and been tangible. It's been people that I can count on versus, oh, if I only have $100, but I don't know anybody, then all I have is $100. But if I have $100 and I know 50 people who have several hundred dollars and they're willing to invest and reinvest back in me and I'm willing to invest in them, then now it's, it's re, 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 reoccurring, you know, cash flow, right? So it's kind of, it's kind of like you put yourself in the right network of people, you put yourself in the right spaces in the right places and you start to see things multiply, right? And so it's, it's almost as if everything is on automatic pilot. And so, you know, I, I try my hardest to be a, a teacher at heart and not just a preacher, um, you know, when I speak, um, and, and, and how I share my message and how I show up, um, you know, because you're dealing with young people and they could see right through if you're not being real with them or if you're not, you know, giving them tangible life lessons that they can take from and learn, you know, to apply to their life. So I, I try to be very cognizant of my, my audience, who I'm speaking to, and the fact that I'm not too farly removed, but I'm far enough removed as to where I've done some growth, some maturity to the point where I'm able to turn back the, 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 the hand of time 
and share with them. So I'm very, very thankful that I'm able to do that. No, that's great. And, you know, every generation needs leaders and mentors. And you certainly, for the next generation, you're one of those people in your community and your network that is, you know, far and wide. You know, everybody, you know, from the sports world and not even the sports world. I mean, your your story has touched so many people in, in so many different ways. And you are a servant leader. And, you know, the people that you've uh, affected, um, positively, you know, with your messages and with your story, uh, it definitely resonates with them. And it resonated with me uh, reading uh, about you and and who you are as, as a person, as a professional, as a man of faith. And, you know, from all your experiences, you know, up until this time, what other goals and dreams and aspirations do you have? What would you like to accomplish, let's say, in the next three to five years? Um, one of my major accomplishments is to be a good father um, and to be a good husband and to withstand the test of times with, you know, being a young father and, you know, all that comes with as far as responsibility and accountability and to do really well at that. Because if I can focus on doing that really well, everything else, as I mentioned before, would be very, very easy to stay in alignment with, right? Whether that's going and pursuing my PhD. Um, you know, and focusing in on the work that I want to do, you know, surrounding around NIL in the future, right? And, and, and being a trailblazer in that space and educating, right? I, I can't do any of that unless I do home really well, consistently first, right? And so that way, the work that I do, everything that I touch from here on out, it'll be organic and things will manifest in a natural, but also a supernatural way, right? Versus me trying to say, oh, I'm going to accomplish this, this, and that, and then forget about the most important thing, which is home base. And so I would say in that order, right, is is kind of my thinking and, and my way of approaching, okay, what do I want to accomplish, but how do I accomplish it? And that's kind of the, the disconnect, right, is I know what I want, and I know how I'm going to do it. And, and so now it's all about putting the why together. So that's kind of my thought process around the next couple of years. I think that it's very sound. Uh, you have good judgment and you have really reflected on where you'd like to be. And I think exactly how I would think too. I mean, I care so much about being the best father I can be and being the best husband I can be to my wife and you know, best brother, uh, best son, um, best uh, uncle, you know, and uh, best friend, uh, you know, those things should never, ever be taken for granted. And, you know, we do have the gift of time, but at the same time, you know, you never know how much time we have left uh, on earth, you know, and, uh, you know, it just puts a lot into perspective, you know, the world we live in today and the things that we hear and the things that are happening in society, um, but what are things that you hope to see society improve on from a relationship building standpoint, things that you'd love to see happen in your community, uh, you know, just around you in South Carolina and in, in the Clemson area, uh, but just, you know, in general? I think if we can all embrace some sense of peace and knowing that everyone is created and made differently, it means difference of opinions difference in appearance, difference in everything, but finding a middle common ground, right? And I think 
what's interesting about the South is, you know, football's king, sports is king. So everybody will show up and cheer their favorite team on, you know, on Saturday. But once that young man or young woman or, you know, whomever is has moved on, you know, and 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 gone on and 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 done other things in life, right? How do we all move as a society beyond just looking at people based on what we see them do or or whatever and, and really treat them like the actual person that they are, right? So five years from now, I see somebody that used to be this or used to be that. I'm not going to treat them like that, right? Just based on appearance and based on how everyone else would. I'm going to just have a simple conversation with them. Hey, how are you doing? How can I help you, right? Like if we can start asking those questions more versus, you know, trying to get something from people or having these ulterior motives, I think that that can even out the playing field with a lot of people if we could approach situations with that mentality versus the other. Well said. And, you know, I think that's really what boils down to relationship building is, you know, giving your time and whether it's your expertise or just explaining certain things that have really had a positive impact on you and how it could impact people you're talking to. And, you know, it's all about experiences and it's also using the relationship building platform to be able to uh, get closer to the people who you're speaking with in not so much a, you know, um, you know, what can I, you know, give you or what can you give me? It, it's more cerebral. It's it's using our minds. It's it's really thinking outside the box. It's it, it's real. It, there's a lot of uh, introspective type of thinking, having thought provoking ideas. You know, in a Socratic type of way. You know, from an educational standpoint. You know, somebody asks a question, and you know, it's not a one word response. You know, you give a response back, but then you have a lot of back and forth conversation because you can learn so much in a one hour's conversation, just like here on our podcast, the 30 to 40 minutes that we have uh, together, I'm learning so much about you and you're, you know, learning so much about me. And it's, you know, this is a building blocks for more conversations to have with you and which I'm looking forward to and, you know, making the connection with you and, and being touched by uh, your story uh, in the five minutes we have left. Um, what was the last uh, conversation you had with coach Sweeney and, you know, what are some things that he has said to you uh, throughout your journey uh, before, during, and, and since uh, your, let's call it triumph and not tragedy? Yeah, I mean, Coach has always been in my corner, right? I mean, I remember, you know, my conversation with him, you know, after maybe the NFL draft um, in 2020 uh, when I wasn't picked up and during the midst of COVID and everything. And so, conversation was very simple Richard you can do anything you know you've done it all here at Clemson you've done it all in life but you just haven't put that in to practice yet right so it's, it, it can seem scary and so you know from there um, you know I, I kind of looked at my life as if you know I was going to have to try multiple things until I found what works for me um, and so, you know, I went in and out of different spaces. I worked in the educational space. I went into corporate America and worked in, you know, consulting and medical device sales and, you know, going back into education and having, you know, just the, the mindset of, okay, in the education space, everything is based on theory, 
once you get out into the real world, they're looking for experience and you've got to have some practice in order to get some experience. And so you've got to fail, right? You've got to go through challenges and you've got to go through tough times, um, you know, and consistently throughout those tough times, you know, Coach Sweeney has brought me back to speak to the team on multiple occasions and I'm very thankful. And each time I've grown and I've gotten better, you know, and he's shared some positive, encouraging feedback, um, you know, for me to grow off of. And so, you know, it's 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 all a process, right? And and how can you continue to endure through it? Um, as he always preaches, and that that's running your race to win your race, right? As it says, um, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. Um, you know, and so I remember all those Sweeneyisms and things that you know he shared over the course of times that you know are true, right? And as you grow older, um, you know, you realize that that was good wisdom that was imparted. And so, you know, very thankful for him. Well, you know, he's been, you know, a great leader at Clemson University, winning two national championships and you being one of his, you know, former players and lifelong friend, of course. And it's great, you know, not too many people can say that they have a mentor like Coach Dabo Sweeney and, you know, his reputation speaks uh, for itself. And, um, you know, People, you know, look at him and, and the teams that he's coached and who have won, you know, games and, yeah, they lose games too. It's not always going to be, you know, uh, winning but it, it, on the scoreboard, but it's about winning in life. It's about winning in life and um, there's more to winning than just games on a football field. It's also winning in life, you know, winning with your relationships, winning with your you know, relationship, having a strong relationship with you, know, with God, your family, uh, your community, and making uh, an impact on everybody as many as you can, and having a lifelong legacy uh, to leave behind to future generations. Uh, any final words you have about relationship building in a team environment that you would want um, our audience um, to know about? I think there's. Um one thing that I would like to kind of leave with you all. And, you know, that is relationships have to be formed with expectations, right? So I don't know if people directly state expectations or if it's better, some of the best things are left unsaid, but the best thing that you can do is be open with someone about what you expect of them, whether that's as a friend, as a brother, as whatever, so that we are on the same page and at least we can hold each other accountable, right? So if I'm expecting you or if I'm having to depend on you in a situation, I would like to know that that's what you're looking to me for so that I can make sure that I come through for you. Because sometimes I think we fail at communicating, what are your expectations of me? Right. Like, how can we best serve one another and it doesn't feel one side? And I think a lot of times people struggle um, in relationships when you don't have any expectations set. It's just like, well, I guess I'll hear from you in five years if I don't hear, you know what I mean? And so what are what are our expectations? What do you want from me? And, and you know, how can, how can we accomplish whatever we're trying to accomplish together and how can we grow? Well, thank you so much, Richard. Wonderful words. Uh, thank you for your time. And I look forward to staying in touch with you and talking more about relationship building in a team environment. Have a wonderful weekend. And I look forward to talking to you soon. You too, man. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Richard. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.